I also just out of just remembering it from hearing it mentioned in the some bullshit reel we did recently, but just I looked back up the whole array of boys from Wizardous Heart. Yeah. And <laughs> I started to figure out I think I have a theory for why there's multiples. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, based on what I'm seeing, it's they're supposed to be time jump versions based on decisions you make or don't make. Okay. So, like, if you take a path with, let's say, boy A, that's going to have effects for how... The others turn out. Right. And well, how you turn... And how the and how your boy turns out, too. So, wait, only, is that why there's, like, multiple ones with the same name? But only some of yes, them because have doubles. So, like, what... Are you... I think there's main ones, and then there's ones you ultimately don't date, but are in the mix. Okay. So, like... That's my theory. My theory is the one that has doubles. The ones that have doubles are the ones that you can romance and, like, have a thing with. But the ones that don't have doubles... That's no good for me, then. ...are just, like, seat filler. None of the ones that have doubles are worth dating to me. <laughs> They're all the most basic ones. Yeah, they're all like the most basic ones. But I could be wrong. Welcome to another episode of Why Did We Watch This, the podcast where three friends sit down with a troubled movie, have a nice drink, and talk about what was good, what was bad, and what we could do better. We are back with another mini episode this week, and I am your host, Lee Delahanty. I'm Chris Ravel. I'm Brendan Drischler. And in two weeks, uh, we will be taking on another full episode with our next movie, which will be 2010's The Sorcerer's Apprentice, <laughs> starring Nicolas Cage, Jay Baruchel, uh, Alfred Molina, Teresa Palmer, and we got Bellucci in there um, <laughs> for a tiny bit of time. Yep. Directed by John Turtletop. Yep. So wait, is Who it... also directed the National Treasure movies. It's not like based on the... I mean, yeah, kind it of is. is. Roughly. I mean, in I so mean, much as they're referenced... based off of like a, a sort of orchestral anime. Right, right. right like a segment of Fantasia. Yes. Well, I guess what I'm wondering is, is it based on that segment of Fantasia and then they just took the vague idea of what if a sorcerer had an apprentice? Pretty much. Pretty or, much. Um, I, mean, I, is... I wonder if it was like based directly like on the, they ha- on the like are, If you are wondering, no. If you are wondering, will you see brooms come to life? Right. The answer is yes. Yes, of course. Oh, you will. okay. Yes. Yes. Will you hear some audio cues to the orchestral uh, work? That, yes. That's yes, more like homage rather than yeah. like it being like, well, we have to do it. We right. said we were adapting it. Interesting. It's just a silly. And so I think I guess... that the sorcerer's... No, it's not, his name isn't the same thing. He's, he's got, no, in Bal- the, I, yeah, his name is like Balthazar in Fantasia. It's Yensid. It's Yensid, yeah. All right, but yeah, that's what we're doing. Yep. Um, it's going to be great. Uh, of course, we're going to have to have a nice drink to get through it. Um, yep. What are we going to be drinking? We are going to be drinking the Prime Merginian. <laughs> the Prime Merginian is 1.5 ounces of gin, 4 ounces of sparkling lemonade, 0.75 ounces of blue curacao, and some bitters if you're feeling it. Uh, you're going to mix the gin and the sparkling lemonade in a glass gently, add the bitters, and then use a dropper to add drops of blue curacao to the drink to allow electrical bolts to streak through it. Ooh. So I'm going to get a dropper so that we can try doing that and see how it ends up looking. Yeah. Hopefully the idea is that the drink will not be just blue. The drink will be yellow with some bits of blue in it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, to get cross the impression your fingers. of like a, a, like a Tesla strike. coil. Yeah, yeah Tesla like coil. a Tesla coil. That'd be fun. There's a yeah. lot of electrical shit going There's a lot of electrical oh, okay. shit in this movie, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I hope it works. I like it when we try these experiments. I do too. Yeah. It's more of a presentational thing than a taste thing, but right, yeah, we right. want it to look good. But maybe yeah. we can make some magic happen? Yes. Yeah. No mm-hmm. secrets here. All right. Well, yeah, that's what we'll be doing in two weeks. Yep. Um, get out the way. <laughs> uh, we're just very remarkably quick for our interviews, yep. I feel. Yeah, it is. Um, but right now, uh, what I wanted to talk about today, uh, which was an idea I had not that long ago, um, so it's a bit, bit, bit slapdash put together, but off the back of us talking about uh, Fantastic Beasts and how that franchise has gone to shit. Yep. Um, I wanted to... I was thinking about Newt and how, you know, a lot of what we talked about and what we loved about the first movie is Newt as a protagonist is kind of like a, a unique uh, a standout mm, kind of male mm-hmm. protagonist and a representation of like a different type of, of male hero. He's very like nurturing and he's not like He's not quippy, he's not gruff, he's not like... He's not aggressive. He's not aggressive, yeah. yeah. There is actually, um, there is a video essay on YouTube called The Fantastic Masculinity of Newt Scamander by Pop Culture Detective that came out a few years ago. It's wonderful. Yeah, if you want like more about that sort of subject, uh, definitely check that video. Yeah, and it's great. And it's, there's a lot of, that video is really good at explaining like why it's so different. Like you might like watch it and be like, wow, this is a different kind of protagonist. And that that video is really articulately put. Right, it does a nice deep dive into why specifically, yeah, he is different from 
from most other protagonists. Yeah. And um, watching it made me feel like, why aren't we doing this in, like, every movie? I know, we need, <laughs> we need more. But I was thinking about it, and I was like, surely there are other examples that I could find. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought, let's talk about non-toxic males. The soft boys. Yeah, let's yes. talk about soft boys. Um, nice, nice, hashtag nice guys. Yes. <laughs> we mean we mean it in the less ironic in yeah. the least ironic in way possible. Ir- yeah, sweet boys. Just the sweetest boys. Listen, depending on your your where you're coming from, if you're if you're in fandom culture, you're gonna call them cinnamon rolls. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about them. Yeah. Um, so a soft uh, boy. Perhaps. I guess we can just sort of go around the table with the people that we talked about. Um, mine, I think, are probably gonna be a bit off the board. So I think we should start with Brendan, who has a nice organized list. All right. Yeah, I do. I have a nice organized list. So hang on, let me pull up a picture real quick of one of them, just so you, I can illustrate this. Point Ooh, visuals is a good idea. Yeah, then. just well, just the one. I'm not gonna go nuts here showing you a picture because also then you probably know uh, what they are. But give me one moment here. Yeah. So number one, and I did this in order of uh, alphabetical order by movie title. Number one. Bumblebee! From the movie Bumblebee. That's right. What? Why can't a robot be a soft boy? First Listen, of all, look at those eyes. Look how big eyes. these robot eyes what are. Assuming robot genders. Yes. Well, Bumblebee yeah. has masculine programming. He's mask. Wait, uh, he's mask. is that really a thing they say? Has I mean, but there are male and female transformers. There are, yeah, because there are. it's a 90s cartoon. I guess yeah. what I'm asking is, is that a term they use? Like, oh, this one has male programming. I don't know if they actually say that. That's um, what the Star Wars character guide used to say. Masculine programming. <laughs> For... Like For like C three PO would be like yeah. it would be like gender robot masculine programming like okay honey sure he is we we get it <laughs> yeah anyway the reason why I specifically mentioned Bumblebee from the movie Bumblebee is that he was redesigned to be even gentler and cuter looking than he is in the <laughs> Michael Bay movies where he's just you know like all the other Michael Bay Transformers he's a bunch of gears and it's a little hard to like log onto his face just out of curiosity have you seen Bumblebee yeah. oh, I've not seen Bumblebee I've seen Bumblebee's oh. cute. Yeah, it's like it's good. Yeah, it's it's cute. It's it's okay. it's it's a surprisingly like Steinfeld and I guess yeah. isn't it? Is it's... Bumblebee like part of the same timeline? Apparently, I don't know how. Is the Shia LaBeouf? Supposedly, movies? I think yeah. Well, Shia LaBeouf and then um, Mark Wahlberg. Right. Oh, I forgot. But he he kicked he kicked Shia to the curb, and now it's all about the. I, I don't know if it was that he kicked Shia or Shia just didn't feel like doing it anymore. Also, Andrew floated off to do yeah. weirder. Yeah. Things. Also, yes. just yeah, just sort of descended into madness. madness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. But he is reconfigured as like a gentle friend robot, and okay. you know the main character obviously is a woman. Mm-hmm. Bumblebee is masculine programmed robot. <laughs> so like, but he's like a non-threatening, you know, like sure. like a very a very sweet friend to her. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Okay. So, so kind of like um, the other robot movie with um, the anime boy, the Disney one. What? Big Hero Six. Oh, oh, Baymax. Baymax, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. That they're, they're... And Baymax is literally a soft boy. Yes, that is true. Yes. Baymax is indeed the softest of soft boys, perhaps. Uh, number two, uh, something that we all saw together, Mr. Mistopheles from Cats. <laughs> <laughs> the oh, sweetest, wow. gentlest cat in the movie Cats. And he's always kind of talking like this. Yeah. Uh, sort of, yeah. He's very he's very gentle. He's very loving. He... he, he does magic tricks yes yeah you know you feel bad for him when he can't make um hi (laughs) you feel bad for him whenever he can't make judy Judy dench reappear at the end and he goes through like three or four tries to do it i can't remember her character old deuteronomy huh old deuteronomy that's what it was old dude old dude now he's gonna take old dude uh (laughs) number three jefferson jones christmas in connecticut which one is, Which one is yeah, the main guy? Yeah, he's the main guy. Yeah, okay. He was like the guy who was, okay, he was yeah, in the he army. Had to change the right, but he also he loves true. watching baby. He loves bathing baby. Yeah. He is an artist. Uh, he's a sensitive that. type. He's a very sweet boy. And he is he's actually good with, good with cows. That, yes. that sweetness is in high contrast against the leading lady who is much more like it's Elizabeth Lane's right. yeah, caustic sort of apathy toward everything. Home, <laughs> yeah. Housekeeping and homemaking. Right. Number four. Egon Spengler from Ghostbusters. Wow. I didn't think of these, but that's a really good one. Egon was, like, the first one that came to mind. Because Egon Egon is also, I think, like, kind of functionally asexual in yeah, the movies. Yeah, like, he then had grandkids later. Yeah, we don't really understand how that <laughs> we don't works. Talk about that. We, no, the, I was going to say, less thought about that. I was going to say, you know how people refuse to talk about the Lady Bruno? Ghostbusters? I refuse oh. to talk about that. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, uh, I will not talk about he, Bruno. He was definitely yeah. like coded ace. Oh yeah, no, yeah, especially because yeah, like like Annie Potts is like throwing herself at the first movie. He's yeah, just sort he's of like, like there, there. I want to like, talk about ghosts. Yeah, yeah, right. No, and I, then in the second movie, like she's not even his romantic pair anymore. She's with Vegas, Rick Moranis yeah. just because like yeah. I don't know. They're both goofy side characters. So yeah. we freed up Egon to like just pursue science on his own. <laughs> his, his real his real love. Yes, science. have no romantic entanglements whatsoever. I think also since like. Most of the other characters in that movie, maybe with the exception of Ernie Hudson, the men are like much more stereotypical and sort of gross. And I think that makes Egon stand out even more because he's not yeah. getting a blowjob from a ghost like Dan Aykroyd. Well, he's I mean, not that, being a smart machine. Like, to be fair, Dan Aykroyd has a dream where a ghost gives him a blowjob. Can one really call him like <laughs> sleazy because he had a dream not. where a ghost gave but him a blowjob? I guess what I'm saying is. He's one of the few characters who isn't either saying something that's sort of eh, or doing something. Well, Bill Murray is capital P problem. Right. I mean, like, I think Bill Murray's really like the horny, like, like yeah. skirt chasing we'll, one. We'll find out just how bad it's gotten most recently. Yeah. When we see Ghostbusters three? No, when he when it's finally like oh. a little light is shed on what he did to get on what exactly fired. happened. Well, that's there, yeah. different from his character being a horn dog. But yeah, yes, exactly. Uh, number five, I don't know if either of you have seen this, Chris, maybe you have, but I thought, why a soft boy? Why not a soft granddad? Mm-hmm. And so what I went with was Ben Whitaker, who is Robert De Niro's character from the Nancy Myers movie, The Intern. Did you see The Intern? I've not seen, not seen, seen The Intern. Okay, so here's the thing. I saw the trailer. Do you know, like, the premise at all? Yes. No, okay, so the premise, like, the premise is loosely just that Anne Hathaway has a startup company, doesn't matter what. Uh-huh. And... They have, like, a program where it's, like, there are retirees who, like, basically like we were talking about beforehand, where it's, like, there are retirees who need, like, something to occupy themselves with. So, like, we have an internship program for senior citizens who have retired who can, you know, like, you know, c- come in three days a week or whatever. Yeah. And so, like, they hire Robert De Niro because, like, his wife passed away and he feels, like, kind of, like, lonely needs something to do. And so when I saw this movie, I thought, like, God, it's going to be, like, two fucking hours of, like, Nancy Myers shouting, like, remember when men tucked their shirts in and were, like, gentlemen and didn't walk around, like... Like wearing baggy pants all the time yeah. and like there is a little bit of that to be fair but it's actually like a very sweet movie about the relationship between Anne Hathaway and Robert De Niro who like they become friends Aww. and like you know he like helps her you know work out some stuff with her marriage and stuff like that too and it's like it's it's a very nice nice movie and you you don't get a whole lot of like Robert De Niro's character be like well back when I was a young boy like we carried handkerchiefs all the right. time yeah, you know too busy, I guess, being sad and learning how to live life again or something? Yeah, I mean, it's not even that, really. He's kind of got it all figured out by the oh, get-go. Okay. Like, it's not even like, you know, like, I have to rejoin the human race. It's just sort of like, I need something, something to do to, do. to like, okay. you know, occupy myself. And so it's really just kind of like how they become friends with each other. And he's like a very sweet man. Like, he helps out the other interns there. Like, one of them comes to live with him for a while Aww. while he doesn't have an apartment. It's like, you know what? Like, this is charming. This is good. And so I thought, we need a grandpa. And our old, soft grandpa is going to be Ben Whitaker. What if old white men were nice? Yes, that is that is the world that we all even, dream of someday. And even harder to grasp. <laughs> yeah. Than, than what if boys were nice. What if boys were nice. <laughs> uh, next, Simon from Love, Simon, which just yeah. felt kind of like a given to me. I needed someone who was gay. Yeah. And Simon kind of fit that category for me. I haven't uh, watched the series, but oh, I... Oh, Love, Victor? Yeah. It's good. Is it good? You should watch it. Yeah, definitely. Wait, I Love, don't. Victor? So Love, Victor is kind of like... It's kind of like a spinoff, sort oh. of, but, like, the character doesn't exist in the movie. It's just, like, it takes place at the high school oh. that Love, Simon takes place in, and he's, like, aware of Simon. And he, like, because to him. Like, I thought Love, right. Simon was a TV show. Love, Simon's a movie. Love, Simon's a movie, movie. yeah. It and was it a created book. the TV show, Love. Yeah, and, like, Simon appears on the TV show through voiceover and then in the finale of the first season like he meets the main character but it's just kind of like this yeah. character being like I heard like you did this big thing where you came out publicly like last year like that's all well and good for you but like these are the troubles that I'm going through Yeah. here's an interesting question interesting answer uh, <laughs> I hope do you think due to the way that straight guys and gay guys are perceived gender or seen in uh-huh. movies uh-huh. that it would actually the challenge with gay characters would be find an asshole like find Max from Happy Endings yeah. Yeah. find a slob who's flawed versus like find a, a, a sweet, perfect yeah. a sweet sentimental gay man no I, I do think that that's a, a bit of a challenge I think it's also just an issue because there's so little representation to begin with that it's yeah. like you kind of default to something more basic than something like Max we are yeah. in also I, I would say like representation is in its own for gay men specifically in a weird like Madonna whore complex because you're either neutered and the sex doesn't come up at all or 
your entire existence is defined by the sex. Mm-hmm. Um, at least, I mean, obviously there's exceptions. It's not as if, like, that rule is absolute, but I yeah. see a lot of representation for gay men falling in one of those two categories. Yeah, no, that's definitely that's definitely an issue. I'm just trying to think, like, if there's ever been, like, an actual, like, toxically male gay character. Like, most gay characters on Glee is probably that. Yeah, but, or like, are, do, are, are they're not, know, like, I don't think they're written as being, like, bad. No, you know well, I mean? they're not, like, it's just and they're not, writing. they're, they're in, that, in that case, they're, like, catty. Right. right. Like That's what I'm saying. So, like, I feel girls. like, right, you get, like, a stereotype where they're, they're, it's, like, the bitchy assistant, right, I, yeah. or something. I didn't watch it, but, uh, actually for this reason, but I, I remember, I don't think it's on anymore, but Paramount Network's uh, Heathers series. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, one of um, the Heathers was a All guy. of the Heathers were queer or pe- and or people of color, mm-hmm. which... In, and they were all bullies that you're supposed to hate bullying a straight white girl. So I would I would say even if that's a like completely out of pocket and insane thing to create your show on, that I think would probably be an example of yeah. queer people yeah. who are acting in a toxic way. No, that's true. I, although I also feel like, I'm again, having not seen this show, it feels like it's probably going to fall back on like broad stereotypes of like what the bad gay guy yeah. is, you know, where he's like, he, again, like Lisa, he's a catty bitch. Yeah, well, yeah. so from clips I've watched, which is the most I've consumed of it, because I was curious, mm-hmm. they basically just have the one male presenting character um, refer to his body with a lot of like female parts. I don't know how to say this without just straight Ex- up saying like something. Like, example? Yeah, but, like, he would, like, refer to himself having a pussy, for example. Yeah, I mean, that just feels like, like... All the time. Again, not that, like, this is not a thing that some gay men do. Which they do. But, like, it, it again, it just feels kind of like the stereotypical, like, if you had to write, like, a catty, bitchy gay kid, what would this kid do? And it's like, yeah, well... Right. That's not, like, nuanced. And yeah, also, yeah, like, yeah. I think what Lee's looking for is, like oh, you said, yeah. something like I Max, see. where it's, like... Yeah, you know, like like a not necessarily admirable character because like his life is such a fucking mess yeah. and he's kind of self involved, but like still kind of likable. Yeah, like human in a way. Yeah, I, or or even like yeah. Again, you wouldn't find like, and I I'm sure that they they exist in real life, but like you you would never find in media. I think a gay character who is who acts like a sort of toxic man, straight man, okay. where, where they would be like. Don't talk about my emotions and like I resort to I like my first instinct is to like punch someone versus talk things out and like it just like I'm sure there are people like that in real life but you don't you I don't think I've ever seen anything like that in media unless and I grant that I don't watch a lot of like like gay themed, gay yeah. themed stuff but I don't know I have to like I don't, I don't even know where it would where where you'd find it the the only thing that comes to mind to hear you describe it that way I've only watched a few episodes of it and it just was not for me but Euphoria does have a closeted gay character and his closeted gay dad both in universe acting like toxic yeah. street. I mean, that, it does yeah. seem like the kind of thing that you would see, like, if it was immediate, it would be someone closeted because it would be, like, uh, yeah. right. in an effort. I would say, like, that's, that, that's yeah. the caveat, I guess. Right, I was, was going to say, like, I feel like it, like, it's different if they're closeted right. versus if oh, they're out. It's also like a tired trope, right? Of right. Like, well, their toxicity was only doing oh, right. the it, fact it, that they were closeted. That's right, because they're know? so repressed. But yeah, like... this is like this is all kind of a big tangent, but it is it like uh, it, it's it, like I feel like it would be it's very easy to find examples of gay men who are sensitive. Yeah, and yeah. It's very I feel like it in the way that it's very almost impossible to find for straight men. Like there are some, I'm sure. Um, I, I guess to a certain degree, difficult people. Billy Eichner's character. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen Metal Up, but yeah. what I've heard about it, yeah. Billy Eichner is, is kind of a callous... Yeah, like, well, kind of like, like kind of like an asshole. Like, so not... is Skola's character, arguably. Yeah, yeah, in different ways, yeah. So, like, and it's, it's a show, like, a la... I mean, kind of a la Always Sunny, where it's like, they're all kind of assholes a little bit to begin with. So, yeah. like, you have something like that, I guess. And I guess... Yeah, that, that, yeah. Cause and I'm, it's not like the show flinches away or tries to, like... Make them better, right? And 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 I can't think of another example that's quite as strong as that one. But that that would probably be the only other. That's one maybe a good right example. Yeah. of what I'm looking for is yeah, someone who's like you know openly gay and is just not a great person. Right, like like, like not unlikable, but like not not good. Yeah, needs work. I have one more thing to throw in, and then I'm so sorry for like extending this tangent, but. It would be, I think, in light of this question, interesting to keep that in mind when consuming 
two gay rom-coms that are coming out soon. Billy Eichner's starring in one. Yeah. And then there's also Fire Island, which right. is essentially Pride and Prejudice, oh, yeah. but with gays. And Asian people, which is cool. Yeah. Um, so I would actually be on the lookout for that happening in either of those two, because I imagine that would be fertile ground to do that. Yeah. yeah. No, that's 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 a good point. Yeah. I, I mean, if you're basing a character off of Mr. Darcy, they're going to be... Probably. You gotta! <laughs> you're, not, you're not a nice person. Uh, next on my list, Bert, the lovable chimney sweep from Mary Poppins. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good one. He's nice. As Mary says in song, a lady needn't fear when you are here, your sweet gentility is crystal clear. Yeah. Oh, that is <laughs> so true. true. He's very kind and supportive of his magic girlfriend. <laughs> when who, she, are they, maybe, are they magic no, girlfriend and boyfriend? No, I, I, I think Neil Travers was very clear that they are not a couple. Not, yeah. And so it's just the, like, they're best friends. He's just a nice guy. Yeah, I, I'm... I'm you know, generalizing here a bit. And isn't it great to have an emotionally close platonic friendship between a man and a woman? We get that so rarely in media. Yeah. Where, where, where is he? Doesn't he like in Hawaii or something in the in the sequel? Oh no, he what? the actress playing the banker. Well, I know the no, actress, but like but the they character. They say Bert is. They, they talk about. I legitimately don't remember. I swear to God, they say he's like. Why? I think they say it. They just say it as a way so that you don't think he's dead or something. Yeah, no, oh, I mean, I, I guess, I guess that's they're fair. like he's gone to a farm or something. That would be like, oh my God, <laughs> I would have to, to look at it. Yeah, he's gone to a nice farm upstate. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they did pull that excuse. They pulled the upstate farm thing on Bert running, like, running far and wide. Bert's in the enjoying his retirement somewhere. I mean, like, no. If you yeah, wink, wink. this man made no money. <laughs> He's also like dead, probably. Well, oh, no, yeah. no, I mean, think like, about it because, like, inhalation. How, yeah, I, I guess. Trying to think how much time has passed between Mary Poppins and Mary Poppins Returns. And it's like, fuck, no, no, it's like 30 years or so. You have to know oh, because yeah. Jane and Michael were kids in the first one. And yeah, now they're and he like would have adults. been, what, like in his 60s, which was prime dying time. Yeah, so, era. like, he could still be alive or he could have died from consumption. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, who's to say? They definitely say something about him. Too. I'll have to, like, find out. Like, they don't want you to think that he's dead. He's very they healthy. Just, they just stay like he's somewhere. He's breathing lots of air in and out <laughs> with his clean, clean lungs. We won't be seeing Bert, but he's out there. <laughs> he's sent to this autographed eight by ten. I would love, by the way, just for some people throughout the movie to be like, "Oh, a letter from Bert." <laughs> I think that like Lin Manuel Miranda's character is the Bert it. replacement. Yeah, because yeah. he says like, "Oh yeah, Bert's having a great Bert's time." Bert's great. <laughs> In the as long as you have no further questions, yeah, he's great. <laughs> yeah. uh, he is great in, in all in all senses. He's a great guy. Mike Waters from my own private Idaho, which is River Phoenix's character. Wow. All right. So I've got nothing to add except to say that he's he's a sweet boy. He's a sweet boy. He needs your love. I think I remember Faith's totally Is that movie that. gay or homoerotic? It's gay. Oh, it's gay. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, it is homoerotic by dint of being gay. But it's not like... I wasn't sure if it was like the no, separate, it's not separate like, piece. Right. No, it's not like like straight, but all yeah, these yeah. undertones. No. <laughs> it's 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 definitely gay. It's Gus Van Sant. Yeah, it's gay. Um, That's a good point. Nick from Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Again, a sweet romantic boy, uh, you know. Not a douche. May- maybe should have let his ex go without sending her so many mixtapes. Mm. But, you know, if that's your worst offense and right. you're, you're like, you know, a hormonal teenager whose brain is still mushy, that's okay. Yeah. that's well, You'll get over that. Yeah. Uh, and Charlie from The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Okay, oh yeah. yeah, that's a really yeah. I mean, to be fair, I know that he like, does. I know he does have like a mental healthy. break, right? And or, and or he's maybe softened by trauma, right? He does have a mental break where he like beats the shit out of a guy, but like, yeah. I think by and large, he's a sweet kid. We all can agree. And yeah, I one of my examples is another um, <laughs> mentally unhealthy individual. So, <laughs> and a uh, special place of honor, Kermit the Frog. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> the softest of all. Boys. Yes, he, well, he's felt. <laughs> he's the softest boy there can be. Yeah. That's what I got. What about, do you think, um, is Fuzzy problematic? Mm, I don't think so. He would be, right? Fuzzy. Oh, oh. Wouldn't he, I feel like if you if, the, if these people were humans, Fozzie would be problematic. I feel like Fozzie is, is just like a desperate desire to be like loved and appreciated, right. you know? Like, he, I feel like he'd take a joke too far at some point. Like the Joker. Yeah. yeah. Or do you think he would be like a... Like he would get like the two incel old, pilled or something. The yeah. two old guys would be problematic. <laughs> Stellar sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, I don't know. They'd be for sure be like harassing any like yes. young female actor who walked anywhere near or them. Would Gonzo be sort of incel pilled because like he just won one rejection from Camilla is too many? No, well, Gonzo and Camilla, they're they're a loving relationship. Oh, I suppose that's true. Yeah, he he just wants to fuck that chicken. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> 
They're two consenting adults. Yeah. Um, okay. I have... I have... I had two coming into this, but I have one more that I thought of while we were doing this. Yeah. Which, did I just forget it? It's very possible. Okay. So my first soft boy is more of just a soft actor. I think even in roles where the character is not a soft boy, soft boyness is imbued into the character. Mm-hmm. And uh, to you, I say this actor is Ben Wishaw. Yeah, um, he is Paddington. He is Paddington. He is, Paddington. he is the gentlest voice. He is Michael Banks in Mary Poppins Returns. I think the... I mean, I've seen him be a serial killer in Perfume, where he mostly just comes across as like kind of ghostly and sad. Mm-hmm. And then... I guess he's more outwardly villainous in, when he plays Uriah Heep in the... Yes, um, that's true. David Copperfield. Oh my god, I forgot. Yeah, he's not very soft there. But even that is more like... I don't know. It's not like a hard, evil performance. Yeah, I mean, like, he's not like... I, I, he's not like twirling a mustache or anything, but he is like a scumbum. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Um, he's the softest Q. <laughs> yeah, he is the softest Q. I mean, to be fair, there's only been, what, three Qs? So yeah. <laughs> not much competition there. <laughs> Um, well, I guess Desmond Llewellyn's is pretty old at the end, so he's I bet a cue that I legitimately yeah, thought was a high school student. Soft. His bones were probably pretty soft. <laughs> His bones at least. were probably pretty oh, porous. God. Um, he does literally look like he's in high school. No, I mean he, he will like yeah. Ben Wishaw will like never not look like yeah. You know, like now I think well, he's at the point where he looks like I don't know, like a thirty year old yeah, teacher he's or something. Even, like in the Skyfall, you meet him like in a museum and he's got like a backpack on. And you're like, right. what did you like get lost? Do you need adult little boy? Yeah. Where's my where's where are the, where's the rest where's of my class? Um, the other one I had. Um, this might be a little bit tough because it's more recent, and I don't know if you guys have seen it. But um, have either of you heard of or watched Heartstopper? I just started watching it. It's quite... I mean, it's it's a very unchallenging warm bath kind of show, but it yeah. is, like, nice on a level to get an actual, like, not... It's basically just about queer kids, like, yeah. falling in like with each other. And it, I, I appreciate that it keeps its stakes well within the like range, not no. within the... I'm this, surprised that... I'm, I guess I'm not range. surprised that um, you've, seen, you've seen it. I'm not surprised that you've seen it, but I'm surprised you haven't seen it. I did. He I started. started oh, it, yeah. I thought I I, I misheard. I thought you said you hadn't started. No, yet. I just started. I've only seen three um, episodes. It's on my it's on my list, but I'm. You can one hundred percent predict like deep. where the story is going and how it's going to unfold. But I would say the value is in it's a really well told story. It's really well acted and well written and respectfully written. And none of it comes across like it's not the euphoria approach where it's all like sex and drugs and drama, constant drama. There is drama in this, but it's like, it feels a lot more human. The stakes are a lot lower. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's just like, it, it's really cute. And it's just nice to watch something that's queer, but not being complicated by like some kind of terrible darkness. Yeah. And um, there is a character in that who it starts off identifying as heterosexual and eventually like, you know, without giving it away, but realizes he's bisexual. Um, but even when he is, like, with his other, like, straight friends who are just, like, absolute turds, he's always a soft, sweet boy. Mm-hmm. He thinks bullying is bad and will tell them about it. He's being, like, he wants, he's, like, so sweet and nice to everyone. His mom is uh, fucking Olivia Coleman. It's great. He's, he's, like, the softest child. Um, and that's saying a lot for, he's, like, a little, like, rugby player, too. So he, I don't know, he's so cute and stout. Um, <laughs> sorry, that's just, it's like you're doing the teapot. Right? Yeah. There's his handle. There's his spouse. <laughs> when he gets all steamed up, he'll tell them the pulling's He's bad. Cute and <laughs> um, The one I thought of while we were uh, chatty chatting was um, as you were kind of naming films that we had done before for mm. the podcast. That made me kind of be like, oh, what other ones did I not think of? And I thought of. Bruce Two from Eli's <laughs> No Kiss List because aside, isn't he, isn't he like shitty though? He's kind no, of no because aside from his interest. Oh, oh, I was thinking of Bruce One. Sorry, no, I was I thinking just, of Griffin. aside from his interest in Naomi being the like, what is wrong with you? He's yeah, actually like yeah. a decent even no, person. That's, I don't that's know. true. I just think I think he's annoying. I think he's like an annoying hipster, but that's, that's fine. I think I, I feel like he, he is no. They, they, to be fair, everyone's all degrees of annoying in that movie. <laughs> he is probably like yeah. the one that's closest to a person I might actually like in real life. Yeah, right. I still don't want to hear about his the movies he watched last week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't yeah. want to hear what what new like LP he's playing. Yeah, or um, wasn't the oh the doorman. Yeah, the, the, the doorman was yeah. the other one I was. The doorman's about, probably yeah. the better. 
example I think, of, like, of, an, of like a, you know I don't I don't want to say uncomplicated but it's like a less you know like like a gentle non problematic right. straight boy well, and yeah uh, like yeah I guess literally the, the only problem he makes is that he like thinks that, things that Naomi does is like fine or yeah and, yeah he thinks that like Naomi is someone he should pursue right. which to be fair kind of problematic to want to date Naomi yeah um, but yeah those are my soft boys. Um, yeah, I think you're more. I think rom coms are you're more likely to find them there because mm. um, men are meant to be desirable in that movie, and so yeah. at some point women do get tired of the bullshit. Yeah, I, I think that that would be a good discussion at some point, like you had said earlier, of like 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 good good boys and rom coms. Well, yeah. like, Which is also, I feel like the the heartstopper thing kind of puts a wrinkle in there because I'm used to stories about someone like realizing their sexuality not being like smooth or nice. It's usually played up for like terrible like gut-wrenching drama or whatever. I have Or, like, crying in mirrors. That... Wait. Now uh, it's gonna help. It's gonna leave my brain as I'm... It's like when the, the edge of my brain is getting farther away now. But I've <laughs> definitely seen a story about somebody coming out and it was, like, just like, a, oh, that's fine. Oh, okay. Well, there's two examples. And actually, they're both Asian dramas. <laughs> okay. Um, one of them was Bromance. I remember you talking about that one. Bromance is a fake out because it's not a real... It's a woman who has to, for reasons, pretend to be a man for much of her adult life. Um, but the guy who's like a triad boss... Um, it takes, like literally like a local mob boss. Like literally, yeah. Like, but like he also doesn't like want to do crime. So like they own an amusement park. It's a very complicated thing. But like <laughs> and then, then most of the most of it is just like organized crime as a business. And so like yeah. their business is this fucking amusement park. And they, they, they do have like crime... Like, they, they have to meet with, like, other triad leaders, but, like, they're really not evil in, in, in any sense. Um, because it's really just, like, they're there to be a sensational lover of, like, ooh, this hot guy is a triad boss. Um, but anyway, like, he takes, like, finding himself attracted to what he thinks is a man, like, incredibly well. And he, like... Because oh, yeah, yeah. also Taiwan is one of the more, like, socially liberal Asian countries where it's... I think it's legal. Fully legal. Um, and, like, he even has, like, a friend that he talks to and he's, like, so I've, like... I'm, like, really attracted to this guy. And the guy's like, well, I don't know, man. It sounds like maybe you're gay. You know, it's fine. It's no big deal. And he's like, all right. He, like, leans into it. Um, then the show walks it back in a really annoying way later on. Not that it, it doesn't undo all of it. But, like, at the end of the show, they, they reveal that he learned way earlier than we thought he did that it was really a girl. That's lame. It is So lame. It is, it's like the Victor Victoria scenario. It is a Victor Victoria scenario, yeah. Where, like, much in Victor Victoria, he finds out that she's a woman. Yes. And then, like... Continues to sort of like play along right. with yes. it, yeah. But he doesn't. It doesn't it walk back. Like, it doesn't walk back all of the the moments. But it was like you didn't need that. At right, all. right. You could have like done it. I do enjoy that they like present it as like not a big deal to realize yeah. you're gay. But I, it sucks that they felt like they had to pull that punch. Yeah, there is another show where um, it is an actual uh, gay Taiwanese drama where it's like this college professor um, and his. <laughs> Not as, like, actual student, but, like, a student at the college is, like, babysitting his kid. He's, like, a single dad. Um, the wife died, like, years ago. And, like, so he's never, like, he's always been straight in his mind. Um, and he, like, falls in love with this student who's, like, legal. <laughs> it is a bit, like, the age gap and the part dynamics are a bit iffy there. But, like, um, but he also takes it as just, like, wow. And just, like, and he, like, he, like, really goes, like, leans into it hard. Like, he's, like, nope, like this guy, gotta get with this guy. Uh, and it's actually like the gay student who has a lot of like um it like not trauma but like uh at, what's the word I'm looking for self hatred or something mm -hmm. like because he's been like, like yes he's kind of like been bullied in the past for being gay and so it's like him that has to get over that hurdle oh, oh that's interesting I like that as a detail of like in a coming out story the person who's already out of the closet would have some like internalized yeah. homophobia to deal with yeah and it actually is kind of like a sweet little found family story um it's not it was one of the it's the acting is not all there all the time but like it's it was um one of the more wholesome uh like gay that shows nice. that i watched um anyway are you are, do you have any more examples or do you want me to no those are mine, transition into mine? <laughs> yeah, go for it. um so yeah i uh don't have a lot of like traditional example like western hollywood or like movie examples um we didn't. You didn't list. Did you omit Spider Man? I did because I thought list. you might yeah, have mentioned I, it. Yeah, number one. That was yeah. like the, sort of what kicked this off. Kind of on all of our lists. Yeah, yeah. Really. The first yeah. one after Newt for me, which was the one that the conversation started for it. 
Uh, would definitely be Tom Holland's Spider-Man. And mm-hmm. I guess all spider I've only really seen Tom Holland. Yeah, I mean, I think that but... they, they all kind of are, but... Oops. To a greater and lesser degree. Yeah, I, I would I mean, say I... Tom Holland's is probably the greatest degree of the three. Yeah, I mean, I would especially say Tom Holland just because of the the specifics of how No Way Home works. Yes. And like, because, I mean, Spider-Man, I, I think in general is sort of, he's, you know, he tends, he's like the young one, so yeah, he's yeah. a little bit more like gentle and like a little less prone to... Oh, gee. Y- yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I, I think particularly like you, it's at the dynamics of No Way Home. Yeah, the No Way Home really was like what what made me think of him as on, the, on this list because like his first instinct when he finds out that like these are all villains who when we send them back to their home dimension they're going to immediately die. It's like, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to send them back to die even if they are horrible people. And then proceeds to like find cures to all to like their, rehabilitate them. Basically. To, yeah, yeah. To, like rehabilitate them all, which is like insane. It was just like an insane. Like I didn't stop point plot. Yeah, I didn't think about that, that was going to be the plot of the movie. No, I didn't. Know. I mean, like literally, when I saw the trailer, it's like okay, so yeah. he's going to like fight all the villains. Like right. all the villains are going to show up. He's got to fight them all one by one, right? Yeah. Whatever. I get it. And Doctor Strange. Really I will it. say, like, they're, MCU is doing a good job lately of like, um, whatever the opposite of lampshading is, but like. Veiling their their plots. Oh uh, yeah, like not giving away as yeah, much as you would like think. You that definitely walked into No Way Home and Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness thinking it was going to be, be about one, one thing. Yeah, and then and like it's not about it. And at then all. it's not the thing that you think. Yeah, yeah, not at all. Yeah. Um. So I guess kudos to them for that because it's harder to do in this day, day and age, especially when you release like. 80 fucking trailers. Right, right. especially when, like, spoilers are on the internet yeah. also, like, almost But also, like, well. there was so much marketing material for Doctor Strange, and I'm more yeah. impressed now that it gave away so little of what actually was. <laughs> right, we're like, like, oh, it's gonna be him and Wanda going yeah. through the multiverse together. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's, not, that's it. not it. That's not the story. I, mean, I, read on how, I read about how they, what they do with Wanda's character, and I don't like the sound of it. Eh. Uh, I gotta say, it is a more plausible endpoint for Wanda's character than the end of WandaVision yes. was. It is, yeah. I, I because say, I, the end of WandaVision that I hated is where, like, she enslaves this entire town and then, like, she lets them go and who, it's like Monica Rambeau is like, they'll never know all the good things you did for them. Like, like yeah. Because, no, like, you, you, you would have had to do good things right. for them if you yes. hadn't enslaved them in the first place. You, the good things you did were to undo I mean, the bad things Right. So, and I so, mean, like, I just think the idea of, like, Wanda as a woman who's been consumed by should we, grief. <laughs> should we throw up a spoiler one? Yeah, Are yes. we actually going to talk about it? Because we can't talk about well, it. Well, I, I, I mean, yeah, we won't go into it. But I, I yeah. think what happens to her, which she does in the movie, makes more sense from where her character is coming from as someone who is just kind of consumed by grief and the loss of her family. I guess the part that just bums me out about it happening the way... I I think that's very legitimate, and I think that's true. I agree with that. But her character in the comics was always Wanda goes nuts and does an evil thing and it just keeps happening over. And it's just such a really tired, crazy woman well, trope that I'm kind of bummed to see it come up this way. I will I say, like, it's... Like, it's that one that goes nuts. There are other. There is other Wandas they talk about. Right. There. Okay. There are other. It is a multiverse. Yeah. After it is all. a multiverse. Yeah. There are many Wandas. I think it's more like this Wanda has been put through a very the ringer, and now she's yes. just like she just wants to leave, basically. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. But also, there's other. Yeah, we'll talk about it. But I think there's other things that play into the why Wanda goes that way in that movie. Yeah. But um, in any case, yeah, the Tom Holland Spider-Man, especially No Way Home, uh, would be an number one example. And then uh, I can't believe I didn't think about this until just earlier today. Um, but though Noah Wiley as uh, Flynn Carson <laughs> in the Librarian franchise uh-huh. is such a sweet, nerdy, soft boy. He's kind of like a Newt, but like a goofy Newt. Like mm-hmm. whereas Newt is like the awkward nerd who's quiet and doesn't know how to talk to people. Flynn is just like this, like exuberant. He loves knowledge. He's more of an outgoing version. Yeah, of the character. loves to tell you about it. He's very like. Like, he's incredibly, like, culturally sensitive and, and, like, knowledgeable and knows how to, like, you know, d- d- you know, isn't, like, you know, racist or, or like, again, you know, it's tradition or whatever. Edgy or problematic. No. Um, and he's not misogynist. He's just sweet, but he, like, <laughs> that movie has, like, the woman is, like, the guardian, which is, like, a role that you have as, like, you, your job is to protect the librarian. So it's very much like a she's the brawn and, like, he's the brains of the operation dynamic. It's refreshing. Um, yeah, and... I think that she like well, it's just the one the one in the movies is different. And then the TV show, there's like a new one because I think they one died or one evil. I forget what happens honestly, but um, there are two different like f- strong women, like physically strong women that are like uh, his love interest throughout, um, and they have like really good strong equal partnerships as well. Um, especially with like the TV show version of Flynn, where um, the main character of that show is like the three apprentices and the the woman who's like the guardian because she's protecting them. And Flynn is, like, a recurring um, character. 
Um, but they have, like, a good dynamic in that show where they, like, talk about... They actually, like, communicate their... Because, like, it's the Flynn of that, of that era has, like, lost a lot of people already and, like, has kind of a bit of, like, a hero complex a little bit where he's like, I have to be the one to do this, whatever. And, and she... They're... They have, like, really good moments of, like, no, 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 that's not how this works. Like, first of all, it's literally my job to protect you. And, like, and they, they have, like, a lot of good, like, conflict resolution in that way. Um, so, yeah, he would be my number one example. Um, and then I have some examples from uh, some Korean shows that I've watched in the past and I'm watching currently. Um, so the number one example that I was thinking of that I think is really good and it really made me sit up as, like, wow, this is... Because I watch a lot of, like, a lot of Korean dra- dramas focused on romance or... If they're not rom-coms, they'll, like, have romance in them. Um, and you see a lot of the same shit out of, like, Korean romance tropes. But uh, one of them that really made me sit up was a show called Dinner Mates, which the basic premise is um, two people that uh, don't know each other but have both... Uh, they find out at some point, like, have both come out of, like, really bad long-term relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's just broken up with some other guy... And his his thing was like I don't enjoy like going out to dinner with you. Say <laughs> 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 to someone, um, that'd be devastating. But she yeah she's kind of like pissed off or whatever about it and like ends up like stumbling into this like other character who like for his, for whatever reason uh, just says like well do you like let's just like go get a meal together or something and they kind of like just these two kind of strangers are eating and they're you're getting to have like this nice food and they strike up a conversation. And then they meet up coincidentally like two more times, and because they're both not in relationships, and they both have like are kind of like foodies, and they're like they don't have like a lot of reasons to go out otherwise. Um, they decide like we'll just start doing this as a thing. We won't uh-huh. talk about we like won't give our names or whatever. Um, we'll just like meet up for dinner or whatever occasionally every now and then. Um, meanwhile, they're like starting to. They're also there's a bit of a you've got mail thing where he's a therapist that uh, uses food as part of his therapy. Um, and she is, like, a TV producer, basically, and she's, like, doing a show about, about, like, about eating, and she was, like, trying to correspond with this therapist who does a lot of, like, food therapy, and they have, like, a really bad email relationship where, like, they're, like, kind of, like, sniping at each other because, like, someone says something negative or whatever, um, and eventually, like, they're starting to, like, fall in love with each other, basically, during these dinner conversations, and he's the one that realizes it first, and, like, uh... He's the one that takes this like big step and, and, and admits to her because I think she find she he finds out first, and then she finds out uh, later and like tries to avoid him because she's like embarrassed and, and mortified by what all this happened. It's a little bit of a shop around the corner. Yeah, it is, and he well, he's the one that kind of comes. I mean, out that's you've like, got mail. Yeah, yeah. And he he's the one that kind of makes this like confession and says like, listen, I it, like, it's weird. This this is awkward, but um, you know, we and we both like have we've both at this point been talking about our relationships in the past. Um, but I like you and I want to like, you know, this is what I, you know, I'm making myself vulnerable here and like then gives her the space to like digest that. Meanwhile, she, her toxic ex is like, who's like certifiably insane, um, is like starting to like stalk her and like, uh, kind of harass her and combine is like, why can't we? And she, he's the one that like dumped her and now he's like obsessed with like, I guess cause family made him dump her or something. And now he's like. I want you back though and she's like I'm over you I like I had I was like traumatized by breaking up with you please yeah. get away from me and there's a really good scene where she sh- he uh, shows up like when they're together with um, the, the therapist guy um, and he doesn't like he's kind of being an asshole but he just kind of like hangs out in the background and like because she's clearly like signaling like she's got this and so she's she's like letting her like deal with it up until the moment where you can see her, like, cue that she's, like, a little worried or concerned. Like, he, like, tries to make a move on or whatever. And only then does he step forward and try to, like, you know, de-escalate the situation. So he's, like, not trying to, like, white knife for her or anything. I like like that. Yeah. Anyway, it was just a really interesting uh, character to see as a romantic lead. Um, Especially in in Korea where things like jealousy are viewed as, like, very sexy. Like, it's very sexy for you to get oh. jealous that your girlfriend is hanging out with another guy. Even if there's no chance that she's interested in this guy. <laughs> that's, like, like, that's one of my least favorite tropes of no, romance is when they, like, I'm going to make him jealous or there's, like, a jealousy fit. I just, no, it's, it's so annoying to me. Part of every Korean romance, most of the time, especially older ones, will be, like, ha- getting to watch the romantic male lead get jealous because she's out with another guy. Even if that, there's not even a chance in hell that this guy is interested in her or vice versa. 
Um, it's just like a, it's people find it, I guess, attractive to see that guys get jealous over. It. It's just, yeah. like no. That's yeah, I guess it's supposed to be like indicative of their like, yeah. their feelings. Their feelings. Right? Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That's how much they love her. Right. Um, the other one. <laughs> they subsumes those feelings until they're being given <laughs> to someone else. Right. Yeah. Um, the last one I wanted to talk about uh, was a show that is out now that I just finished that I told you about um, called The Sound of Magic. Yeah. Um, which is a fantasy musical drama about. Um, this, like, girl who's very, like, her dad is running away from predators. She lives by herself. She takes care of a younger sister by herself. She her is... dad is running away from predators? Predators. Oh, that makes more sense. Predatory yes. predators, though. Yes. Predatory predators. <laughs> With teeth. Um, yeah, they're, they're, like, massively in debt. She has, like, a part-time job to, like, keep their apartment, which is months behind on rent. And she's, like... And her life is, like, basically miserable. Um, and she, like, wanders... There's, like, this rumor that there's, like, a magician living at the abandoned amusement park nearby... Um, and one night she's like sort of drawn to this amusement park and this, this, uh, weird, uh, mysterious, like magician shows up and is trying to like tell her like, oh, you should like learn magic or whatever. Um, and it's definitely like, it's kind of a catcher in the rye-esque story where, um, he, the, like there, there, it's magical realism, I guess. Like there are definitely real magic. I don't know how much of it is real, but like. There's definitely stuff that is like that is left completely unexplained, but a lot of the fa- the magic is kind of like fantasy sequences that are done over song or whatever. Um, like there's a moment where she's kind of just talking about how like she's kind of fed up with everything, and he tries to tell her like you know you don't have to. There's like a song. One of the first musical numbers is is him kind of saying like you can you don't have to be like afraid of everything at all times. And, like, the carnival kind of, like, comes to life. Like, all the machines turn on, and there's, like, fireworks, and they're, like, they're, like... Uh, there's another one where, like, they're on the merry-go-round, and, like, the horse flies off. And some of it's clearly fantasy, but some of it's real, because later on, it's become super important that security footage is captured from the Newton Park <laughs> cameras. And, like, there's a camera that was on for four minutes, and it was, like, the four minutes where that magical song was happening, where, like, the carnival turned on. So, like, the camera did turn on. But, like, it's unclear how much of it is real, how much of it is, like, people imagining things or whatever. Um, but it's also revealed, so there's, like, there's basically this, the kind of him kind of telling her, because the theme of the story is, like, she wants to grow up fast and now because she needs to be an adult because, like, she needs money and she's, she needs to be able to, like, support her family. Um, and this magician is saying, like, you need, you shouldn't, like, rush out of this. And also, like, you shouldn't only have to do the things that you need to do you should do the things you want to do as well um and kind of like you know they she starts like kind of learning actual simple like magician magic tricks from him um and the theme of the overall themes are a lot about these all of the adults in her life are just horrible people like all of the bad things are like all of these adults and there's another character who's uh the top student who's also having his own crisis because like his parents are like just forcing him into like you got to go to law school and like do all the good grades and and he when he when the second that he tries to break out of that because he goes to the magician and realizes like wait what if i don't actually want to do these things um that <laughs> his parents do start, magic mother yeah, his parents start like freaking out and then he realizes like shit i've never thought about doing anything else because i've i'm only doing what my parents want me mm. to do so that's kind of the theme of the show is like yeah adults kind of like Dictate and just kind of like the world, modern world, kind of dictating what your dreams should look like and what you should be doing. And him saying, like, you need to think outside, like, you don't have to think like that. And it's kind of revealed that um, he was a high school dropout, that he was kind of like the, the boy in the drama, where he was also like the son of two very smart professors and he did very good grades. And then he got like, it's, you know, his friend explains that, like, you know, senior year, he started to like, Razor to drop and he kind of like acted a bit weird and he passed out from overworking himself and um eventually he like like jumped off of, or, or walked off a building and like maybe tried to commit suicide it's kind of unclear in the flashback he's all of his magic is done with like there's like butterfly imagery and in the flashback you see him like reaching for like one of the butterflies and stepping off the building mm. so it's unclear again like was he committing suicide is it magic i don't know um but it's basically hinted that like yeah he had some sort of like mental health issue and was hospitalized but then eventually kind of like broke out of the hospital and has been a sort of vagrant magician ever since then um amazing and it kind of ends with him uh the girl when he because he's suspected of like murdering someone and he didn't do it but um 
the police have no, like, other evidence, and he's the, the most obvious suspect. And she, like, throws a sheet over him and says the magic word, and he disappears. Um, and then days later, it's revealed from the security footage that, like, someone else did the murder, and they never hear what happened to him ever again. Um, so he, like, clearly was this, like, you know, troubled kid who, for whatever reasons, you know, had, you know, a lot of mental health issues going back, and has is now sort of, like, reaching out to other people that remind him of him, I guess, mm-hmm. and is, like... Uh, and it's, it's, again, a really good example of, like, uh, it's kind of like a Peter Pan-y thing, I guess, except Peter Pan is telling you not to grow up, but he's kind of saying, like, I think the the one of the directors that I, in the behind the scenes they talked about, like, he doesn't tell you what kind of adult you should be. Oh. But he tells you, he, he, figure, he helps you figure out that out for yourself. That's cool. Which I was, like, like a good way of putting it. But, yeah, I thought it was a good, it was a cute little story. Um, it was very, it was quite hard to watch at times. It's very, de- it's very depressing at times. Um, but the boy stays soft. The boy stays soft. Um, the the other boy who's kind of an a, this the like A grade student boy is kind of an asshole and he softens up by the end. Oh yay! So all boys get, get all boys, boys get, get softened. Soft. Yeah, and uh, it the end was really was really fitting and uh, definitely you know very very bittersweet made me cry. Good show. Uh, only six hours of your life if you decide to watch it. It is a good one. The first one you had said made me think about like. What if there were a reverse You've Got Mail, where it's, like, two people who, like, <laughs> rip each other apart online with the anonymity, like, on Reddit yeah. or something, like, always constantly, like, fucking bullying the shit out of each other. And then in real life, they, they, like, meet each other, like, oh, my God, like, you're so attractive. Yeah. Like, then they have to, like, reckon with the fact that they're, like, both fucking awful people online. Those <sighs> are my examples. Do you think we've made our bed of soft boys large enough? Uh, I hope so. That we can all lay in I our... can always sleep on more soft boys. <laughs> bed of soft boys. <laughs> I just, I want to leave us with this. You know how there's, like, the... I think it's like Moles or Moore's hardness scale, but <laughs> of rocks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Should we create the Delahanty <laughs> softness scale of, of boys? Well, the re- one of the reasons this topic came up on top of like just talking about Newt is that infographic that I shared with you guys yes. that somebody did of Korean male leads of how much of like a if like this one was like cinnamon roll and five was asshole or right. like asshat or something, um, and it was fascinating to see the line drift towards cinnamon roll as the years tick by yeah. like we're getting a little bit less toxic over time <laughs> we know what we want we'll, yeah we, we want don't want toxicity boys. yeah we want soft boys um but yeah so i think it's a fascinating topic to me of like like what <laughs> not just not to talk about mel gibson movies but what women want over time right. <laughs> and how like yeah what is being sort of sold as like a good good man i think it's a really i think it's an interesting question especially if you like if you kind of take as a given that what we're seeing in media is reflective of something real in our culture Mm -hmm. you know i certainly hope it means we're as a people wanting more away from that shit yeah get that shit away from me (sighs) well guys come back at us in two weeks (laughs) weeks. we'll be talking about the sorcerer's Sorcerer's apprentice Apprentice. yeah and we'll see whose heart is the most wizardous (laughs) yes Yes. who is the true prime merlinian of the three of us yeah (laughs) and who will be locked into a russian nesting doll (laughs) hit us up on our socials yep dropback.com facebook.com slash whywitchpodcast yeah (laughs) i was just imagining that like whoever is fixed we deem the least worthy has to we like the outro is just like, no! It's <laughs> like trapped in a nesting doll. <laughs> That'll happen. Yep. <laughs> All right, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.